You're very welcome along to the Brian and Kieran Warfield podcast, the ramblings of two Irish balladeers, featuring Brian Warfield of the fierce and mighty Wolf Tones and his son Kieran, that's me, of the band Catalpa and also of the bandwagon bus Dublin's only musical ballad tour on wheels. So sit back, relax, grab a tea, coffee, beer, or wine, or whatever takes your fancy as we go rambling through life's misty, foggy dew, through stories, songs, history, politics, life on the road. And just a general bit of crack. a new album uh, this is the Up the Rebels album from 1966 and that's the very first track off the album a song called The Man from Mullingar and Dad you were wrong you thought it was an EP that you had out yeah I did indeed I thought it was uh, Teddy Bear's Head but um, yeah I must tell you that uh, that we made an album in um, Eamon and the studios in uh, in, uh, in uh, where was it? it was just below the GPO there in um, 
That's not Eamon Andrews of uh, This Is Your Life, is it? Hen- yeah, is it? Henry Street. And uh, Eamon Andrews had a, a lot of interests over here in Ireland uh, because uh, he invested a lot in various uh, related kind of things, uh, which the, the studio was one. And not alone did they do like uh, recordings for groups, they also uh, did some uh, um, shows like for, for radio, which were sponsored programs at the time. But the interesting thing about that was there was no stereo, as you said, for the last album. It still hadn't, been, hadn't come out as yet. So um, everything had to be done in one go again. And uh, what we did was um, we, we, we would put down probably um, a bass, a guitar and uh, a vocal, uh, the main vocal. And then you'd overdub on top of that. In other words, you couldn't, it would be up to the engineer to keep the, keep the level right so it would mingle and mix in. So it was a technique that uh, we got used to, and um, it was like long before there was multi-track. We'd only two tracks to work with, and um, that was it. And uh, that's how we came out. Uh, we got some great recordings out of it. On that, on that, uh, I think on that album, uh, it was responsible for giving number ones to a lot of people. Um, the, one of the songs, uh, Morshi and Durkin, uh, we had it as Mrs. Durkin, and we were probably first uh, with it. And uh, and that song uh, was number one for Johnny McAfee. Johnny McAfee, yeah. Was yeah and uh, the the I think yeah the um, Off to Dublin in the Green, the Merry Ploughboy, it was no. We had it out first. We were singing it for a long time at the Four Courts Hotel. And uh, it was taken by... Um, Mary Plowboy wasn't on it, that, that was on the EP. Was it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But it also, also like, it was the number one hit for uh, Demer O'Brien, a huge seller, so... Um, Good loud man. Yeah. <laughs> and he won the All-Ireland with, with loud. Yeah, that's right. So um, we had... Uh, we used to run the Four Courts Hotel at the time, and we were doing a lot of... Um, a lot of concerts there, and everybody wanted to be on it. But one of our great attractions there was uh, Maeve Mulvaney. And Maeve Mulvaney was a good-looking girl, great singer, great ballad singer. And uh, she was a huge attraction with all the men <laughs> when we'd have her on. We'd get a, a huge cohort of, uh, of uh, male uh, people coming to the show who loved her. <laughs> so the modern-day version would be Emer Nicolacan. <laughs> do you know Emer, do you? No, no I don't, no, no. no. But uh, she, she was a great attraction and uh, she um, attracted a lot of men, as I said. But uh, whenever we had her on, oh my God, the, the crowds would, you know, we'd have to be turning people away. Um, but she she had the song, The Man from Mullingar. And that's the first time I heard it. And uh, I think uh, Derek asked Maeve, uh, for uh, the words of the song. Uh, he, he liked the song and he wanted to sing it. And uh, he got the words from Maeve Mulvaney and, uh, and so the, it was, we put it on that album. Speaking of the words, I came across a version of it I'd never heard before. Now, there was, 
it was also called Paddy from Mullingar, wasn't it? And it was different. I, different. I don't know. We got it off Maeve Mulvaney, so yeah. she had a, her own version of yeah. it, I guess. But there's so many versions of it. But I, I found two verses that I'd never heard before, so I put them down. I thought they were great verses. Yeah. Uh, the, the one is, well, the peelers got their orders to arrest this man on sight. They sent for reinforcements through the county left and right. 3,000 men surrounded him. They hunted near and far, but Paddy was with the grade in Johnston's motor car. They came with tanks and armoured cars. They came with all their might. Them peelers never counted on our Paddy's dynamite. On the 14th day of April, well, he blew them to July. Then the name of Paddy Mulligan was Ireland's battle cry. Yeah, well, I think uh, I think that's a later uh, version. Ah, definitely a later version, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Someone but added, added bits and pieces yeah, to it, but yeah. I thought they were good, good versions. That, that sounds like it's something uh, that came out of the 60s or 70s. Yeah. Probably. Possibly 80s. Probably. Uh, they talk, talk about... Uh, what did they talk about there? It was um, Johnson's Johnson's motor car. Yeah. Yeah, it was a big hit with the Clancy's at the time. And then what's the other song they mentioned? They didn't mention another song, no. What did they say? The Johnson's motor car and they came with tanks and armored cars. Ah, yeah. You see, that's uh, that's uh, armored cars and tanks and guns yeah. came to yeah. And then the other thing in the verse was uh, I think in. The version you sing is the peelers chased him out of Connemara for beating up the valiant Shkian O'Hara. Yeah, yeah. But in this one it says for beating up the bailiff man O'Hara. Yeah, yeah. So, I suppose. Yeah. Just Someone changed the words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But uh, I think as far as I know, we had the original version. So on this album, we have The Man from Mullingar, Tricolored Ribbon, Dying Rebel, Finding of Moses, Banastrand, Banks of the Ohio, Down by the Liffey Side, Valley of Knockinure, Blowy Winds, Black Ribbon Band, the All Made, Goodbye Mrs. 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 Durkin. I was going to say Marcy and Durkin. Song of the Backwoods. So it was a kind of mix of folk, folky, rebelly music, wasn't it? Well, we always had that, uh, you know, from their very first album. It was always a mix of folk and rebel. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we didn't regard it as rebel then. It was a historic, uh, telling historic stories, and uh, which they were. Tricolored Ribbon, as you know, was a great... Uh, 1916, um, and being 1966, we had that in mind. It was the 50th anniversary of 1916, so I guess that's why we had uh, we had uh, um, some of those songs like Bannerstrand and mm. and uh, the rest of them. That was 1966. Yeah. When England won that was the, World the 50th Cup. anniversary. When, when England won the World Cup, and we're still hearing about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, we we in the forecourts we had. I think I think I, I think I picked Germany. Uh, you know, we used to have a, yeah, sweep. a sweep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It still goes on that. It still yeah. goes on even in these electronic times. We still have sweeps. <laughs> yeah, well, we had a sweep, and I got Germany. I have Italy in the uh, in this year's one. Yeah. So I put a tenor on them as well, just for the crack. They were, I think it was sixteen to one. I got. I, Got them, got them first, so not bad, not bad of doing. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> a tenor. Anyway, uh, so um, how has your week been? Apart from, did you watch? You didn't watch the Ireland Manchester, did you? Did you? I did, and uh, I didn't get to see it. I was working. Yeah, so. at last they scored, uh, <laughs> yeah. which is it was only in the last after fifty-one minutes. I think about yeah. yeah, the second half, but. Uh, we take it, and, and uh, there were two great goals. Uh, Troy Parrott. Yeah. I didn't Troy. see, uh, I, I, I was trying to watch the second half coming home on the Lewis, but yeah. the sun brought out every 
Tom blotted Dick, out the t- <laughs> blotted the, t- the Walking Dead around Dublin. Yeah. And uh, so I didn't get to see it. Uh, I switched it on and I, I seen it was 1-0 and then I seen they were wearing orange jerseys and for a moment I thought we were playing Holland. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it turned out it was Andorra. Yeah. So look at he's got a young team, you know. He, yeah, he's got it's a It's not a quick fix, like, you know. It's no, 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 no. Like, uh, that young lad, Pollard, he's, he's, uh, he's, um, he's only 19, so, I mean, that's a great, great uh, hope for the future. My thing is, if you're if you're good enough, you're, it doesn't matter the age. Yeah, you're never too young. You that's know? true. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Well, uh, let's hope uh, that it... That it uh, well, the problem for the Irish is that we no longer have that many players in the top teams. Like when when I was young, like you had Arsenal, had four or five Irish players. Man United, two or three. Liverpool had two or three. Like, you yeah, know, so. yeah, but they're, they're, not, they're not getting a chance now. Like the English lads like yeah. are not getting a chance either because like... Well, if they want somebody, they just go into Spain or Italy or anywhere that yeah. they find a player and just bring them over. So uh, they're already, they're ready made. Yeah. They, they're not, you well, know, they, they won't have to be trained in. Was that a plastic pitch they played on? Yeah, was it was. It? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hate them. I don't think you can, like, any result on them, I don't think you can class as a, a bad result, you know, because they're awful to play on. Yeah, so so the, the, the commentary was saying that, the uh, commentator, I can't remember who he was, but he, he was saying that uh, it's a, it's a nightmare to play on. You oh, know? The, the bounce of the ball is completely Yeah, And then different. the injuries yeah. that occur because of it. So, you know, a lot of people there, you know, are making their living from their football. Yeah. So, you know, they can't risk too much. Yeah. Now, the last time I played on it uh, was up in Oriel Park when I did the uh, Celtic Legends. And uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great, like, I had a great day out, but... When the, when uh, who was the captain? Karen's a Celtic legend, by the way. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> I only say that for older people. I I paid I paid. Well, actually, Katrina paid for it. But what it was was I never like it was it was so weird. Like because you come on the pitch, Tommy Boyd was the captain, and he'd taken himself off, and he was bringing everybody on at half time. He he played the full Celtic team for the for the first half just because people had paid in, like you know. Yeah, yeah. And then in the second half, or when at half time we went into the dressing room, he had a tray of Guinness and a tray of harp yeah. and he says harp or Guinness I said no no even coming on the second half I don't want a point he says if you don't have a point he says you're not coming on I'm not going <laughs> to put you on so I had to drink a pint at half time and go. the lads were coming in and sculling them the, like the old boys like there was there was who was there was Pierre Van Huydunk there was Tommy Boyd there was Tommy Coyne there was Reggie Blinker all the lads from the Late eighties, early nineties, yeah, yeah. early nineties, and uh, Rudy Vata and all these people. And uh, so when I came on in the second half, I played up front with uh, Pierre Van Huydunk, and uh, I'd say I was only on the pitch three minutes, and Reggie Blinker crossed the ball in, and I thought I was nineteen again, <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "I'm going to lash this into the top corner, overhead volley." <laughs> well, I went up. I forgot how heavy I was, <laughs> and, and as soon as I went up, I tore the hamstring off myself, fell on the ground on the hard pitch, on the plastic pitch, yeah. and was taken off. There the, you go. The, yeah. goal, the goal, Dundalk goalkeeper was falling around the place. The whole stadium was in tears laughing. 
<laughs> but I had a great day. I had an absolute great day. So uh, anyway, yeah, enough about that. Yeah. I haven't played football since. Oh, no, I did. I played a five-a-side down in there, uh, which I got injured again. Playing, so I can't remember when my last football game was. <laughs> well, that was about two years ago. I played in the five-a-sides yeah. for, yeah. the, for the Crisk uh, Confederation of Republic of Ireland Sports Clubs and yeah. tore my hamstring again, so... I'm definitely retired now at this stage. You're retired. Yeah, officially. So, um, other than that, what's been happening? Oh, I see you're playing down in uh, Killarney. Yeah, we're, we're down in Killarney. I think, um, I don't think we're there in August now. I think it's October. Yeah, it's, well, the one that i seen was advertised for October. October, yeah. And um, we're hoping that we get back on the full tour in October because we had dates... We have dates in Cork and Limerick. Uh, we have dates in um, Killarney, obviously, and... Uh, the one in the National. The Millennium and the National Stadium in Dublin. Uh, funny enough, like, uh, I think uh, there's, um, there's about 900 tickets gone for Killarney already. Already. See, everybody's mad to go to yeah, gigs. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that, like, you're not great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying everyone is going yeah, to go. Yeah. Well, I think we we might get back to probably we'll get back to England and Scotland in November, and that uh, that'd be a good thing because uh, we haven't been there now about two years, yeah. and uh, you know, and then we get into London. Let's say we're, we're you know the Irish centre there in um, in the the London Irish centre, yeah. So uh, all that planned, and all the plans hopefully will come true uh, as everyone gets vaccinated and it's safe to do it all. Uh, we're back on the road once again. We're on the one road, sharing the one load. Hopefully. <laughs> I was just listening to uh, the radio today, you know, and uh, it was a girl I used to play with, Claire Sherry. She was talking about... Um, she, I think she's the music manager up in Johnny Fox's now. Yeah. And she was saying that they had all the music organised for June, you know, but she tried to give all the musicians that solely rely on music for their wage, give yeah. them all slots in June. And But now they've been told by Bord Falsch now that they can't have really, musicians. Yeah. And they were talking about putting someone outside, which I think is ridiculous, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know. They they went a bit far. Like, I, I, I was looking at the... You know, the goings on there over the weekend in Dublin and people fighting and, you know, all the messing around and everything else like that. They'd be better off if they had, had have opened the pubs and limited the numbers and it would have took people off the streets. Yeah, for sure. You know, instead of having them running around the place and going wild. And Everybody's just letting off steam because... It's just been such a frustrating time, like, you know, since Christmas, like, you know. It has, and uh, but you, you can't condone uh, the behaviour uh, that... Ah, but uh, it was a small minority, Dad, like, it wasn't... Uh, I guess, yeah. I guess it was, but, uh, you know, it ruins it for everybody else, mm. I guess. Uh, um, but there's no facilities on the streets, but there never is in Dublin, like, you know, and I just think, like, it's the only city in, in probably Europe that doesn't have the facilities that should be to people, like... If you go into Dublin and you get caught short, you're relying on the good nature of a cafe letting you in to have a yeah, a and week. then there's no cafes open. I, no, I, but it, it, even before that, like yeah, you know, I, yeah, yeah, you'd have to you'd you'd have to, and some cafes don't want you using it unless you're because you're yeah, you're buying something because yeah, yeah. of the insurance 
you cover them, you know, if someone slips in their thing, as you well know, like yeah, you, yeah. You, had, you had that before, like, you know, so. We did. And, uh, you know, um, I always feel that if I'm going to use the facility, I always try to buy something. Yeah. It doesn't matter where a cup of coffee, what's it going to cost, a couple of pence or whatever. Or if I'm going into a pub, just have a have a lemonade or a Coca-Cola if you're driving or whatever. And then, you know. Back of the scampi fries. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, you have to do something and contribute in some way because, it, you know, just using the, the facility is uh, seems to be, but, you know, very mean. I'd, I'd yeah. feel mean about it if I yeah. didn't buy something. But why they don't have public toilets where they charge a euro in? I have no problem paying a euro in to use a toilet. No. That'll pay for someone to stay and, you know, clean the toilets, watch the facilities, make sure they're looked after. Yeah. And... But they had them in Dublin for ever and ever. Like, I know, but they weren't looked after that. They weren't minded. Well, and they were. There was always a guy there cleaning the jacks, you know. Very rarely. I remember going into them. They weren't great. Now well, they, weren't, they weren't very hygienic now, I can tell you that. But the other thing, the other issue would be, and there's not a lot of facilities for the homeless around Dublin to clean themselves. Yeah, well, that's what I was looking at. In, uh, I was down, down in Henry Street... Um, Right, I go into town and um, I was down Henry Street and I was kind of short taken. I said, I better find a Jacks around here. So I went into, I went into Dunn's, I think. No, it wasn't Dunn's. It was, yeah, it was Dunn's. And I asked somebody, is, uh, could I use the facilities? And they said, no, it's all locked up. Mm. Uh, so that, that was that. So then I'm, I'm getting anxious, so I go into the ILAC Centre. <laughs> and I, there used to be a toilet in there that, that was open. That was closed. And I think they had it all closed because of the homeless. And um, because uh, Henry Street was full of tents. There was about, yeah. uh, about 20, 30 tents yeah. right down Henry Street. So then um, I, I asked around then uh, different people. They said, well... There is a facility over in Wolftown Square. Oh, good old Wolftown. <laughs> so, so over I go to Wolftown Square and there's a bit of a queue and people are out in the square. They're just, uh, a lot of them drinking uh, cans, whatever. And uh, I got in the queue anyhow. And I got in there and I got a, got a quick wee-wee and out. <laughs> but uh, it's the only facility that uh, that's around there. Yeah. You know, and what you know, what do people do? It's yeah. terrible. Um, but uh, they need they need to have uh, facilities there. As you said, like yeah. like in Blessington alone, they have they have that uh, that toilet up there in the, in the square. Yeah, and uh, you just put in your money. It's a self cleaning unit. Yeah. It opens up and it closes up on its own, and it's cleaned there for the next person. Yeah. So that's the way it needs. To, yeah. We have to go that way, you know, because you can't leave people like peel against the wall or down a lane or, you know, up no. against the shop door or, you it's know. Not, it's not right. No, it's not right. Yeah. And it, it, it only causes, you know, pe- people are totally short taken. They, they have to go somewhere, yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah. And then also for the homeless, like they should have showers and a shower area. and, and Yeah, but it, you see, they say that they do have and, and they're not using them. I don't. Yeah, well, they, where? Like up in the, in the hostels. But you have, they have to pay into the hostels. But there should be a space, a free space, somewhere where they can go. I would say most of them would use them. You know, the majority of them would use them. 
Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say all now. I, I I knew a guy that used to hang around where I worked in Abercrombie. Yeah. And uh, he had no interest in shares or anything. Like, God love him. He, he was... Uh, he, but he didn't want to go off the streets either. Like, you know, he was just, yeah, yeah. he was happy where he, he was. was happy. He was happy, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I, I used to offer to take him around for breakfast and only tell me to F off. He said he, he's gone down for the free de- free breakfast down in the Capuchins. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he's, I said to him, come on, because I'd be going around to McDonald's for a cup of coffee and I'd say, to him, come on and bring around and we'll have something to eat. Said, I wouldn't eat that shit. He says, I'm going to the Capuchins to get it. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, he, he still had a sense of humor. The, the Capuchins had a better deal. Yeah. Uh, well, look, you know that's poor unfortunates, but you know a lot of them just dropped out of society. That's they, what he did. They, he yeah. was he was a bricklayer over in in London. Yeah. And he just uh, just fell apart over there. His his life, whatever, and he just he had, doesn't want to leave the streets. Has no yeah, interest yeah, in leaving yeah, the streets. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. He was a nice old devil as well, like you know. Yeah, yeah well, there's always um, characters yeah. Yeah, around Dublin, I think, you know. Um, he was from the country. He was a was country he? Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. He wouldn't give me his name. He just called himself from where he was from. Yeah. BJD. Yeah. Do you know where that is? What's that? From Cavan. BJD. Bally James Duff. Bally James. That's what his name was. <laughs> just call me BJD. So Bally that's what James. I call him, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's... it's uh, it's sad when we look on it because we are, we're all comfortable in a home and all that, you know, and with family life around us and all that. That's kind of comforting. And when you see somebody who doesn't have all that, mm. well, you kind of pity them in a way. And maybe they're happy in their state, mm. just the way they are. Some they, of them are, yeah. yeah. No, definitely. I know they definitely are, you know. Mm. Um, <clears throat> anyway, there was also some guy who was on, a, on the radio. He was saying that he offered to supply toilets to... Uh, to, to these toilets, some toilets to, to uh, Dublin City Council. Yeah. Um, and he's been offering them, and it's a new type of toilet. And a lot of the, the councils around England and places like that, it doesn't charge him a penny. Yeah. You know, but he charges you, and then he takes the money from you. Yeah, it's yeah, probably no, one of those yeah, self cleaning. Yeah, you know, self cleaning. So he said it, it would, he supplies all the toilet paper, all the soap, he looks after all that. Dublin City Council needs to do nothing on it. And uh, he, He'd uh, only make his money after six years, but he was happy to wait to do yeah. that. Like, yeah, know, well, as an why didn't they take it up? <laughs> yeah, don't, but see, they just, they just didn't, we don't it's think like that. It's like, an you know? no-brainer to me. Yeah. Like, like you know, better to have facilities yeah. than not have them. Like when I lived in Belgium, any time there was something on within Bruges or even Ghent or Leuven, they had men's toilets which were in the shape of a, a 50 pence piece, an octagon. But they were just like, you sort of went up and you did your t- like it was just for peeing and like you know it was not for uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But not for no number two was yeah, here no but but all the men used like you were you, you you weren't hidden from anyone if you know what I mean but yeah, the yeah. part that you needed hidden was hidden without saying yeah, you know? yeah. And you could see the legs but yeah, you couldn't see the you, penis yeah. <laughs> thank god <laughs> so uh, and then the women they had toilets for the women so the women got to use the cubic the the portaloos and then the men just used these and they were all over the place and yeah, never yeah. never a problem like the streets never smelled the urine like yeah you know, yeah like, yeah but that's the thing when I used to go in early morning into Abercrombie when I was being that shop like the smell of pee in the city like it would knock you dead like you know yeah, before yeah. they're cleaned because they normally only get cleaned around eight half eight yeah, like you'd have yeah. your man going around but oh my god well not good not hygienic is it yeah. you know it's um, something that should be done I think I'll 
I think I'll go up and be a counsellor. <laughs> Get toilets for the Dublin. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. But uh, that's, you know, that's, uh, they're very slow. I feel, feel in Ireland that at doing things or copping on to things. Like, it's like our, our vaccine and our response to the, you know, to the whole COVID thing. It was slow and sluggish all the time. And we had the hardest lockdown in the world. Yeah, yeah. It's, had, it's always yeah. been slow and sluggish and no one's making decisions. Even now, like, I'm trying to get over to England now at the moment um, to see uh, my wife's mother. She's 92. And uh, we thought we'd try and get over to see her. But, you know, there's so much indec- indecision out there about, you know, what you need to do and what you don't need to do. And, uh, you know, the same wait till the 19th of July. You know, that I can't wait. We we have to get over this year. It's been like nearly two years. Mm. I know. And there, there isn't enough information out there for people. Like, even the bandwagon now, we're going, should we go out in July? Because yeah. they're not allowing music. But then I'm thinking, oh, well, we have the music. But... Everybody on the bus wears a mask, and the reason, the reasoning for not having music in pubs is that because it, it's so loud, people then have to shout at each other. But people in pubs don't have masks on, if you know yeah, what I mean, yeah, because yeah. when you're sitting at the table. So I'm thinking, well, if I bring it out, will the cops pull us over and you know pull everybody <laughs> off the bus? So I said to Paul, I said, we just have a trial run and just have friends and family on it, and and uh, yeah. if they pull us over. And they give us a good reason for not doing it. Well, then, fair enough, you know. Yeah, well, the, the, yeah, it's, it, it seems like it would be harmless enough, you know, because, like, uh, everybody wearing a mask, it's, uh, it's uh, you have social distance in it, you know. It's, yeah. uh, the social distance now has dropped to one metre on public transport. Yeah, yeah. So... But if you go on the loose, there is no social distancing. <laughs> Let me tell no, you that. No, because never, never was. Everybody's on top of everybody. You know, doesn't e- matter. Every man for himself. Yeah. And it, there's no point in even putting the "do not sit here" because everybody just jumps on that seat as soon as it's free. Like you know. So, that's uh, look at life. We we'll play a bit of music, will we? Yeah, why not? And we'll fill up on our cans. Yeah, that's more important. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, more drink. <laughs> so uh, here's a piece of music. We have no clue what it is, but it'll be with you now. Come on. Good evening, all me jolly lads. I'm glad to see you well. If you gather all around me and the story I will tell, I've got a situation. Be gara and be gob. Can whisper I've a weekly wage of 19 bob. It's 12 months since October since I left my native home. We're working in Killarney, boys, to bring the harvest down. I've got myself a gansy around me with the belt. I'm the gaffer of the squad that makes the hot ash felt. We lace it in the hollows and we lace it in the flat. And if it doesn't last forever, well, I swear I'll hit me hat. I wandered all around the sure I never felt. Any surface that was equal to the hot ash felt. One evening and a copper comes, and he says, Maguire, would you kindly let me light me pipe down by a boiler fire? He plants himself right down and with hobnails up to late. I said, my distant fellow, would you go and mind your bait? He ups and yells, I'm down on you, I'm up to all your pranks. 
Don't you know I am a traitor from the temporary ranks? I hit him straight from shoulder points. I gave him such a belt. I knocked him into the barrel, full of the hot ash belt. We laser in the hollow sun, we laser in the flat. And if it doesn't last forever, well, it's where I laid me hat. I wandered all around this world, I'm sure I never felt any surface that was equal to the hot ash belt. We quickly pulled him out again, we threw him in a tub. With soap and warm water, we began to rub and scrub. The devil, the thing it hardened, it turned him hard as stone. With every other scrub, you could hear the copper moan. I'm thinking, said O'Reilly, he's looking like El Nick. If I'm not inclined to claim him, then I'll hit him with me pick. Says I, it would be easy to boil him till he melts. And stare him nice and easy into the hot ash belt. We laser in the hollow sun, we laser in the flat. And if it doesn't last forever, well, I swear I'll ain't be hot. I wandered all around this world, and sure I never felt any surface that was equal to the hot ash belt. You heard about the sailor boys, ballotingers and the rest. Of shoemakers and tailors, well, we know the ladies best. The only ones who know the way the plenty hearts to melt. Are the boys in front of the boiler making the hot ash belt? With rubbing and with scrubbing, I caught me dead a cold. For scientific purposes, me body now was old. And now in Kelvin Grove, you'll see me in me pelt. As a monument to the Irish making the hot ash belt. We laser in the hollow sun, we laser in the flat. And if it doesn't last forever, well, I swear I'd hate me hat. I wandered all around the Sure, I never felt any surface that was equal to the hot ash belt. We laser in the hollow sun, we laser in the flat. And if it doesn't last forever, well, it's where I laid me hat. I wandered all around this world, and sure, I never felt any surface that was equal to the hot ash belt. Okay, so we're back after uh, that interlude of music, and I hope you enjoyed it, whatever it is I decide to play. Uh, it's Bank Holiday Friday here, and myself and my dad having a couple of drinks, as you're probably well aware. And uh, the reason why we're recording on a Friday is that I'm not here around on a Monday to do it. So um, I have a question that came into ramblingirish at outlook.ie uh, for your dad. It came from a gentleman called James Pierce. Uh, James sent us in a couple of weeks ago and I forgot to uh, ask you last week um, so his question was he says he's been listening to the the Road to, Road to the Rising and uh, the songs that you wrote for the 1960 and the special concert and he said that uh, he loves them all, he loves the fact that you're able to squeeze everything about the story of the Rising into four minutes of a song he asked which one was your favourite song and uh, He's amazed at how you managed to do it, so I'll let you answer that. Yeah, well, um, I wanted to do something special for the Easter Rising 1916, a very special uh, time and a turning point of Irish history. So um, I said about uh, rearranging a lot of the um, the older songs that we had, like Vanastrand uh, and I rearranged, uh, like, uh, you know, um, wrapped the green flag around me and 
all those great songs. And then I felt we, we needed uh, some new material as well. So I, I wanted to tell the story of the uh, Easter Rising and um, the road to the Rising, I think, uh, fulfilled that to me anyhow. I'm glad you like it too. Um, but uh, it was to tell the story of where all the leaders were and where they set up their camp. And, uh, and uh, you know, when I was a kid, we used to go to um, St. Olsen's Hospital. Um, we used to get our injections there and all that kind of thing, and the jabs. But uh, it was founded by uh, Helena Maloney and Kathleen Lynn. Dr. Kathleen Lynn was... Um, she was uh, coming on, and she was actually um, on the way to Dublin Castle with Sean Connolly, when Sean Connolly was uh, was shot raising the flag over the city hall. But uh, I was delighted with the opportunity to put her into the song because I have to be forever grateful for what she done for us when we were kids. We got calcium tablets; they gave us everything to keep us well and keep us good and healthy. And there were wonderful, dedicated people there in St. Dalton. So in memory of those great people um, from coming them on, uh, I included them in the song. I tried to include everybody where they set up uh, their, their, their great uh, forts all around the city. And uh, I tried to tell the story of each one of the leaders. And, uh, well, I think I did achieve to some extent. So um, I love that song. The other song that I, I have a little graph or two was uh, my daughter Siobhan sang it at the thing. It was um, it was about um, uh, Margaret Skinner, and uh, Margaret Skinner came from Coatbridge, and uh, she befriended uh, she befriended uh, uh, the uh, Countess Markovich. And she was invited over to uh, Dublin. She was a mathematician and she's, uh, she taught maths in schools. But uh, she became very useful to the Irish movement. And uh, obviously uh, she was liked by the Countess and adopted by her, you might say. And uh, she was a sharpshooter as well. And it was said that she was able to shoot as good as any man. Or any of the any of the lads in 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 the in the um, in the IRA at the time, but she she uh, went out to prove herself great during the Easter Rising, and I thought she's never been uh, presented in song or no no song ever about her. So I felt, yeah, I, I'm going to write a song about Margaret Skinner, and I did, and uh, my daughter sang it beautifully. I thought we put a nice arrangement to it, and. Uh, yeah, I was proud of that. I also wrote music for the the um, proclamation of 1916. It's all original music. We put it into orchestration. And um, yeah, I was proud of all the stuff I did because I wanted to do something really, really special for 1916. And it turned out a tremendous success. So much so that uh, uh, people couldn't get in for the three days. It was full up. We had people from all over America. We had a couple of pipe bands from America that came over. It was just a phenomenal success and a great, a great, uh, a great uh, memory. It was a great remembrance, treatment. yeah, to great tribute treatment. to uh, the men of 1916. So next year, I'm going to do very, something very special in New York. 
Uh, we have uh, two shows in the Town Hall in New York, which is uh, right on, on Broadway there. It's a beautiful theatre now, absolutely beautiful theatre, and we're there for two nights. And uh, it's on the 15th and 16th of March, which is uh, we finish on the, say, the day before Paddy's Day. Um, I've, I'll be writing some music and I have all written, already written some music that will be included in the show because the first part of the show will be a commemoration of the famine and uh, the so-called famine. And uh, that will be the first half of the show. We have great songs and lovely songs. As you know, we already have songs that tell that story, but... Uh, we're gonna, I'm going to write some uh, new stuff. I already have some new stuff. So that'll be exciting. And then the second part of the show will be all the hits of the Wolf Tones and we'll go out on a high note. But I must tell you this, um, I know that the shows out there in New York will sell out very, very fast. And I, I have something special in mind for all our real fans out there to pre-book before they go on sale. Well, everyone's a, a real fan, Dad. <laughs> but you're talking about the hardcore fans. Oh, maybe that's the word, yeah. Maybe. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's just to let, give everybody an opportunity before they go on sale, because I know they will be sold out. Um, before they go on sale, we're going to give it to all the, you know, I let everybody know. And there will be a passport for you to get in there if you want to book your tickets. You can pick your seats, you can pick... Uh, your rows of seats, if you want all your friends together and everything to get in before uh, it opens up to the full public. Um, you'll have a passcode, which will probably be uh, Brian1234. And uh, I'll let you know about that. It'll be up on our website uh, for those. We know the people on our website will be, you know, uh, all great fans of the Wolf Tones. And, uh, and we'll also let you know on this as well. Just for the special people that are listening to us here on this. Of course, yeah, yeah, very, very special people 34 here. countries now, Dad, 34. 34 countries, well, you're very welcome to come to the Town Hall in New York uh, next year in March, uh, and it's going to be a great St. Patrick's Day celebration, but also remembering uh, the, the, the great hunger uh, the the uh, Holocaust that was Ireland's and the loss of all those people uh, back in eighteen forty five to eighteen fifty two. I think I'll go over for that. Seeing as I've nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a, there's a lot of people want to come over and uh, like everybody I spoke to about it, they said, "Oh God, I want to go over for that." <laughs> Might do a few gigs while I'm over there. Yeah, I still yeah. have a lot of. Yeah, why not? Uh, we 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 hopefully have the pipe band on before us, um, and we'll also have a, a Irish dance troupe. So it'll be a special Irish occasion that I know everybody will enjoy. So we we we'll, we'll build it. We'll have a couple of things around it too. Like uh, so, if you want to uh, if you want to get in touch about it, uh, don't be don't be shy or afraid. You will get a special code. Uh, that will give you that access to uh, early tickets and choice of seats. Is there beer in the town hall? What? Is there beer being served in the town hall? Yes, there is. We do have... Um, we, we, the drinks are available. Um, the doors will open at 6.30. Uh, 
and uh, we go on. It's now the the uh, the the, uh, the band before us would go on at uh, seven thirty. We hit the stage at eight o'clock. Um, the first show would go to a quarter past nine. Uh, there's then um, there's then a break of a half hour for uh, refreshments, and uh, quarter to ten, and we finish at eleven o'clock. And then uh, that's going to be the show. We probably have an afterglow somewhere else. But for the two nights, um, guaranteed that you're going to have a great show and a great time. Sounds like that's fun. New York, the 15th and 16th, the Town Hall in uh, Broadway there, one of the great Broadway theatres. And, uh, you know, it's only going to happen once, so be there. So basically, the Rambling Irish has now become the Wolf Tones. Uh, free advertisements, say. Eh? Yeah, and, and also <laughs> we won't mention the bus. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know about the bus. The bus won't be back. The Wolf Towns will be back before the Wolf Towns, or the bus, Wolf Towns will be back before the bus. I'd say. Oh well, well, yeah. I'd like to see the bus back because it's really, really yeah. a great trip. Everybody I told about it, they absolutely love the idea, and they can't wait to get on. And well, making a video. Uh, we're doing a professional video, so I might get you in on that day if you're around, if you're not in London. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. But uh, anyhow, that's the plan, and we hopefully we will be bringing it to two other cities as well. So uh, I'll announce that uh, later on. We haven't secured the theatres, but uh, we when we're we're in negotiation at the moment, and when when it's confirmed, I can let you know. That sounds good. That. Sounds good. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great, great little tour. Um, I could do with a trip to New York as well. Well, you know, uh, I want to go over and see that famine, uh, the cottage that they have in New York. Oh yeah, yeah. down there yeah, in yeah. New York, it's fabulous. Yeah. It's a little bit of County Mayo there in the middle of New York with yeah. all the skyscrapers around it. It's just it was an actual cabin that they brought over, wasn't it? They brought the whole thing yeah, over. Yeah yeah, 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 and and the soil, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's not amazing. like amazing. Yeah, it's it's not not like a, it is a piece of Ireland. Yeah. You know, no doubt about it. Yeah. Amazing. But anyhow, that's it. That's the plan for um, St. Patrick's Day next year. And uh, so I know a lot of people go over from uh, from England, Scotland, from all over the place, really, for St. Pat- Patrick's Day in New York. And uh, you're going to have an added bonus having a Broadway show there with Wolf Tones. Sounds good. You might even see me there. <laughs> Trunk. <laughs> uh, okay, so what else have you got for me, Dad? Have you anything else? Well, that's that's the plug now. <laughs> You're not going to charge me for that now, are you? No, no. no, no. <laughs> By the way, nobody came back looking for us to uh, do the podcast in the beer garden on Monday. Yeah, so yeah. I'm very disappointed. Yeah. Well, uh, what I was going to say, we were talking about Maeve Mulvaney um, earlier on giving us a band from Mullingar. And, you know, uh, she she later, I think she fell in love with Butch Moore, or Butch Moore fell in love with her, or both ways. I'd say both. Yeah, yeah both of them, yeah. <laughs> and they, they ran away to America, anyhow, and um, they lived a very happy life over there. And I met them on many occasions over there, they lived in Massachusetts. And they had a pub out there as well, which they they ran. And they gigged all around the place, Butch and her. And they were a great little act too, a fabulous uh, duo. 
of course, Butch was, you know, the entertainer and Mabel Vanny had that charm, uh, of a beautiful charm and a lovely, lovely person. But uh, sadly, you know, Butch died very young over there and a little while after that, um, Mabel Vanny died, she slipped on the steps of her home uh, in Worcester, Massachusetts, and uh, she never recovered from it and uh, died soon after. So the, both of them died very close to one another. So it was a love match, and uh, God knows they were great. We went up to their pub many a times, and uh, I sang a few songs. When we go there after the gig, we sing a couple of songs, and, you know, um, in gratitude to Maeve and Butch for being so great people and uh, to help their business as best we could. Yeah, I was only watching uh, something on TG Carr there with it went back to the 60s, all the music of the 60s. It's a bit like reeling in the years, you know, that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's more music-based. And I was watching uh, Butch Moore there. Jeez, he, was, he, he was the first man to represent Ireland, was it? Or was that another fellow? Yeah, I, I think he was. Yeah, yeah, I think he was. Yeah, yeah. In the Eurovision. Yeah, he done very well too, yeah. Yeah, but i seen I think, seen him coming back off the plane and just amazingly, all the black and white footage, obviously. Yeah. But uh, uh, just great times, like, when you're looking at it. Yeah, like, he was a huge star, of course, and uh, and a huge attraction in Ireland. But Great uh, voice. Lovely voice, yeah, yeah and uh, just love got in the way. Love never gets in the way. <laughs> Got in the way of his career. He, uh, he went over. Well, they they done very well. And yeah. That's your fate. Like, if he hadn't have gone there, he mightn't have died so young, you know. That's yeah, just, yeah. These are the cards that you're dealt. That's right, yeah. yeah. Well, they, they they were a very, very happy couple and a lovely couple yeah. all, all, all the times we saw them over there. So it was a sad end to both of them. They Did died. you ever see him perform? Oh yes, uh, I yeah. went. Uh, as I said, I went out to the pub. They used to sing in their pub. All right, yeah, yeah, and uh, and you know, then we got up at them and sing a yeah. couple of songs, whatever you know. Did uh, who was your who was of all the live gigs that you've seen? Who was the best performer or the most? What was the best gig that you've enjoyed? You mean an Irish gig? No, it doesn't have to be Irish. In all the gigs, not not that you probably would have got a chance to go to many gigs because you're always working, but. You no, know, I didn't, but I remember um, at the RDS spring and uh, I brought my mother all the kids. My mother loved ABBA. Yeah, I was <laughs> And I brought, brought you all out to the, uh, to the RDS uh, uh, to see ABBA. And uh, my mother was up on top of the seat. She was, was a teenager. Yeah. She was up on the seat there. She really, really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed the fact that she was enjoying it so much. Yeah. And uh, it was just a great concert, I thought. Yeah. That's when, before, you know, the open-air concert, the big, huge gigs that you can't see anybody on the stage yeah. hadn't occurred then yet. Yeah. So it, most of the shows came to um, the RDS. I saw Queen there. Uh, that was seated, wasn't it? I think I remember it was seated. But at, by the end of the concert, all the, everybody was up the front. Oh, it was all yeah. seated, yeah. yeah. It was all seated, <laughs> we're yeah. All, we're all up the front. And they were all movable chairs, like, yeah. you know. Yeah. They were connected. They had them tied together, yeah. latched together yeah. somehow. But I saw um, I saw Queen there as well. Yeah. Uh, I see Queen and Slane, and they were, I didn't, I, I wasn't very impressed, put it that way. But I think Freddie was kind of ill at that time at yeah, that stage yeah, like yeah, you know yeah. um, well they were absolutely fantastic yeah. in, uh, 
I'll tell you, in an indoor setting, yeah, yeah, it'd be better, yeah. you know. And I couldn't believe the sound because, like, uh, I was thinking, like, Bohemian Rhapsody, how the hell are they going to do that on stage, you yeah, know? Yeah. But um, it was just amazing. It was no different to the record. And uh, it was just amazing. Yeah. Um, I think there was a lot of infighting then with, with Queen when I seen them. I think it was probably, at the end, yeah, end yeah. of the... I think they were at the end of the road. I was watching yeah, about... Because... Yeah. Like, his performance in in Live Aid was just unbelievable. Yeah, like, yeah, know? yeah. That's probably his greatest performance ever. I don't know. You probably didn't ever see that, did you? I I, I think I did. Yeah, but uh, did I, you watch the movie that they had out recently? No, I I I didn't. I didn't know that. That's that brilliant. was that was somebody playing, wasn't it? I oh, was brilliant. Your man was absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. brilliant. Like I have to say, I watched it on the, the movie. Yeah, and then when the live aid bit came, I went, "Wow, that was that was brilliant!" It made me want to watch the live aid again. So again, I went yeah. on YouTube, found the live aid, and I was looking at it, and even down to the can of Pepsi that he had on the on the thing, it was just perfect. Like you, you trust me. Yeah, you yeah. if you, you see the movie, it's just exactly like Freddie did thing, on yeah, the thing. Yeah, brilliant, yeah. absolutely uh, great yeah. acting. Like I, I don't know who the chap was, but I can't remember his name. But absolutely brilliant. Yeah, a really well, enjoyable movie. Well, I I I remember. I was very impressed with that. I also saw Cliff Richard. <laughs> We're all going <laughs> on a summer holiday. Yeah, we wish. In, 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 yeah, in <laughs> don't the, be teasing us, Cliff. Yeah, in the in the, in the RDS, and I, I think I left early. <laughs> Did you? He was he was good, but like it was, it was later on, and uh, you know I liked Cliff Richard when I was a kid. You know, yeah. but. Um, he, he he was like uh, he was preaching to us a bit, and I said, "Oh, I have enough of this for yeah. getting out of here." Was man with you? <laughs> yeah, man was with yeah. us. Yeah, and we are all we are all there. I think we are invited to it. To be honest, uh, Tommy was there. Oh, There's nothing worse than leaving early when you're after being invited to a gig. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was preaching. He was I preaching. do remember another gig that we were at the. We were all invited and we all left early. Did he? Yeah, I want to. I'm not mentioning it. Yeah, I hate people leaving early my gig, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, it, sometimes you got to do there, get out to the pub before you... Before the rest, yeah. 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 Especially now. Yeah. <laughs> so that was it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, great concerts around around them days. I think, I don't know, I, 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 the big gig where you're looking at people and you get are only little spots on stage and you're looking at a big screen... I don't think it's as good as as it used to be when he had that smaller, closer audience. Oh and no! But to, I I always said that I said like it's great going to a, a concert or a festival or like that. But you have to be up the front, and if you're up the front, you can't drink because if you drink, then you can't go to the toilet. Because <laughs> <laughs> so so there's lots of implications. But I love going into the Olympia Theatre, Vicker Street, or one of those small or Whelan's. Like if you can. I, I yeah. went to see uh, uh, an American duo, uh, two girls, sisters, the Secret Sisters, they're called. Yeah, and they're sort of folky, but brilliant. Like you know, they've great harmonies, and I'd seen them originally at the Transatlantic Sessions over in Birmingham. Phelan had brought me over to, yeah. and as soon as they came out that they were playing in the in Wheelands, I was like, I'm there. Like you know, it was yeah. just brilliant, real intimate gig. You know, they're sitting there up in front of you, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Like, and I don't think you can beat that because. At a festival or at a at an outdoor gig, it's just not that intimacy, like you know. No, it's it's yeah. like, I mean, you see some of these gigs, like uh, the people are like little spots on stage, yeah. you know. That's all you're seeing. Yeah. So well, most people are just going for the drink and yeah, just going for the crack. Just go yeah, for the drugs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just the way. I don't is. know what they go for, but it's certainly yeah. not to see the 
you know, the, whatever's going on. But anyway, that's life. It moves on. But I think, in fact, uh, probably James Yukushley was probably the first of them big outdoor gigs. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because yeah. a lot of the English groups that came over said the atmosphere there was fantastic. Yeah. So a, a lot of them, you know, it didn't happen in in stadiums like soccer stadiums or yeah. football stadiums until after Shimshu. Yeah, and that was just to pay back the cost of the of the, of the stadium. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I have to say, my two, well, three favorite gigs, I suppose. Uh, one was two together, and that was U2. And I wouldn't be a U2 fan now. Um, not because Bono's a Bono. <laughs> it's because, uh, uh, sorry for all the U2 fans out there, but it's because they were a rock and roll band back then when, when I seen them. The, the night before you played with uh, Christy Moore, uh, Status Quo, and the Pogues. Yeah, yeah. And you two played, I think. The next day. It was, it was, they were on before. Yeah. Oh, they were, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On a Saturday. And that gig, the, it was the the Joshua Tree Tour. And yeah. it was the last gig of the Joshua Tree Tour. And it was just unbelievable. They played for two and a half or three hours or something like that. Yeah, and they yeah. were, played all the, the hits at the time, you know. And, and I I'd loved that album. I, I was in college at the time. Loved the album. And uh, just really enjoyed it. And then the next day, then your gig, the Wolf you know, Tones. Yeah, and I remember walking down to meet you. I was meeting you. Remember that pub you used to? Yeah, we used to. Can't remember the yeah, name of it. It's a great little boozer. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, on the corner there. That's right. We used to have our little libration there before yeah. the gig. <laughs> and I was on the way to meet you. Myself and Pierce were walking down to meet you, and uh, I was walking down by the Lee, and I and I kicked this Ticketmaster envelope, and out popped a rake of tickets. <laughs> For Shim's sleep that day, really? it must have been about seven or eight. Of them. So we sold them on the way down. So oh we, my God. we had plenty of money for pints, so it was great. <laughs> but the next day was brilliant. And then the other gig that I really enjoyed, uh, I seen Simple Minds play in Crow Park with uh, Intua Nua. I think Chrissy Hines and the Pretenders, and yeah, yeah. I, I, a Dublin band. I think might have been radiators from space or something like that, but they were a punk band or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But it was a beautiful day. You know what that makes it as well? It was a beautiful yeah, sunny day. Yeah, you always like remember them great yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was thunder and lightning at the end when when uh, Simple Minds were on stage. It was a big thunderstorm and the, the lightning was going off across the sky. Like, it was just brilliant. Like, you know? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. But they were, they were my my three best gigs. Yeah. Now, I loved every Sheems Cushley gig, but I think that one with because Status Quo were playing and the Pogues and Christy Moore and they were probably the four bands that I liked because like, I didn't know Loudon Wainwright the third or Joan Baez or you yeah know, yeah they like, were, obviously knew Don McLean because everybody knows yeah, yeah. American Pie yeah yeah but uh, I didn't know any of the other yeah, ones Chris Christopherson he wouldn't have oh, no I knew Chris Christopherson he he was in the movie Convoy sure Jesus yeah, everybody yeah. knows Convoy yeah 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 <laughs> You probably don't remember the movie, do you? I, I, no, I just, uh, yeah. I yeah. I wasn't a real movie guy now, to be honest. You didn't have time. She was always on yeah, the road. Uh, yeah. And you couldn't I, get... I remember going, bringing us in to the Savoy to see Star Wars, and I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> you were all watching it, but I fell asleep. So I was probably gigging all bloody week or whatever, you know. And I was just knackered. Yeah. 
it just took the chance to go so I'm fa- in fairness like if it, if the movie doesn't interest me I'd fall asleep in the cinema I've, I've done it a few times I actually I actually woke up one time and the, this, the next movie was gone your man had left me sleep <laughs> anyway Elvis has left the building yeah so we're at 55 minutes believe it or not that yeah well it's so, right, yeah. You don't know if you're going to London, so we might have an episode next week. Oh, we will, we will. We, we, we can squeeze it in somewhere. We'll we get it somehow, yeah. 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 Our next one is, what did I say? Oh, Tricolored Ribbon. Looking forward to that. It's a great song. Good song, yeah. Okay, so we'll sign off with a song that we don't know. <laughs> we should actually get this to uh, Is there a song, a particular song you like, a Wolf Town song? That you uh, like? Do oh, we the, play Road to the Rising? Road to the Rising for yeah, our friend. For, our friend, yeah, for yeah, James yeah, Pierce, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll sign off with Road to the Rising. For James Pierce, who who sent in uh, an email there to ramblingirish at outlook.ie. So have a good bank holiday. Well, you will have a good bank holiday weekend by the time you hear this. So uh, listen, enjoy the rest of the week. Take care. We're ho- hoping for sunshine anyway. They're saying it's going to be beautiful weather next week. That okay, good stuff. 23, yeah, 24 yeah. degrees. Well, enjoy the weather and uh, yeah. watch out. Don't get burdened. Like us. Two of us are like people. We go red. (laughs) Okay, bye all. Take care. God bless.
till daget fight no more. Then Amy Campbell to set up a union to the Rialto gate. Cal Brewer's second in command, there they made a noble stand. The daily talk, the four coats grand, he was the man to take command. Barricaded all the streets around, no cowards were there to be found. On that very morn, a terrible beauty's born, a terrible beauty's born. So we are the rebel soldiers on the road to the rising. We'll heist the flag of Ireland to find freely once again. Fly free once again.